This is episode 19 with Indy Rishi Singh. Welcome to the Manifest Miracle Show with me, Meg Sylvester. This is a podcast all about spirituality, mindfulness, and our connection to the deeper world realm. Tune in to hear stories all about people who have turned the ordinary into the extraordinary. Gain insight and inspiration to help you live a life that feels divinely guided and on purpose. So come with me and let's manifest miracles. Indy Rishi is the quintessential lateral thinker. His curiosity and experience make him the ideal innovator for today's times. Rishi is deeply involved with several interrevolutionary well-being projects in the fields of politics, education, innovation, mental health, and technology. Rishi is involved with Democracy, which is an organization incentivizing and connecting citizens to values, resources, and policy. He's also involved with an organization called Cosmic Labyrinth, which is an online platform serving children and inner children with social emotional learning tools, techniques, and resources. NOLA.chat is considered the Netflix of well-being, bringing mindfulness and well-being resources to marginalized communities. In today's episode, we're talking about what it means to truly be a spiritual warrior fueled by compassion and the desire to connect and create community. Rishi also educates us on the protests going on in India around farming, farmers, and their livelihood. This is a very insightful and educational episode. We also talk about the science of laughter. And with Indy's background coming from uh, a medical school, uh, it's really interesting to hear about how we can use a tool like laughter for resiliency. Such an inspiring conversation. I know I learned a lot, and I can't wait to integrate the principles into my life more deeply. Enjoy. Indy, welcome to Manifest Miracles. It is uh, such an honor to have you here and to be able to have this conversation. How are you? Oh, um, can I answer that question with a vibration? Oh, please. Yes. Wait, hold on. This is how I feel. Does that explain how I feel? Mm, yes, and now I feel that way too. <laughs> so thank you. Amazing. Um, and what was interesting, so we're, for you guys listening, we're on Zoom and we can see one another. And while you were playing the flute, there was one single blade of grass in the in the screen and it was like it was dancing and responding to the vibrations and just oh so special <laughs> so special so so we originally connected during your outreach which has continued to spread awareness about the farmers protest in india and i'm just so grateful to be connected with you well, first of all, because you're you're 
you're a light, you are so inspiring and you in such a loving and compassionate way, draw attention to social injustices. Um, and you also have a very kind way of supporting others and examining their own internal biases um, and where where we need to do the work, but but in a in a very uplifting and encouraging way. So um, I'm just grateful for that, and I'm so grateful that the the universe brought us together, even if it was the the universe of Instagram. <laughs> brought us together and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> um, okay. Definitely. So Indy, I start, I start every episode asking my guests the same question and I just enjoy so much hearing the answer. So I'd like to know what is one of the coolest things that you have ever manifested? One of the things I've ever manifested? One of the coolest things you've ever manifested. Coolest things I've ever manifested. Mm-hmm. This thing. This thing right here in my hand, this uh, this this Bansuri flute. I actually I actually have a really interesting story because a lot of people would never guess, but I come from a very logical, analytical background. I was a science major in college. I went to medical school. I like didn't believe in. I'm even though I'm Indian, I didn't believe in any woo woo stuff or mm-hmm. any like mystical stuff. I completely dissociated myself, trying to fit in as an immigrant. Um, and uh, what happened is that um, I, uh, I went, I'm, I'm being convinced by, by a, 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 an old partner of mine. She convinced me, hey, let's go see a hypnotherapist, a past life regressionist. And so we went to go see her. And during the regression, I went to some place called the gray zone, like in between where you choose your, your next lifetime or why you choose this life. And I didn't believe it. Okay. I was like very skeptical, but I had a very potent experience. And during that experience, I was told I need to play music. I need like, just, I needed it for me. And I, up until then I'd tried instruments, but nothing worked. Um, Mm -hmm. And then literally Meg, like a week later, I didn't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. Okay. About that experience. I like kept it hush hush. I wrote it in my journal. I like, yeah. And like a week later, I got this as a gift. It was wow. handed to me as a gift. And this is not a normal thing. Look how big, I mean. Right, no. <laughs> it's a very large, beautiful wooden flute. Yeah. Yeah, and it changed my life. I mean, like, I can't tell you. Like, it manifested. Like, it, like, like literally that, that subconscious journey opened a whole nother mm. dimension of living for me. So not only did it, did it change your life because of the, the creative outlet that you were now connected with and and working with vibration but also just this um proof point that sometimes we humans need of of universal principles of manifestation and being open to receiving and so very multifaceted mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. i love that and and thank you for sharing especially, with us. especially when it's, yeah i mean especially when you're like a like i mean i i feel for those people who are hyper analytical and logical mm-hmm. because i I, I am that way too, but uh, I am too. But fortunately, it's like when you do kind of dive into the mysticals, the unknown, to the to the really the places where the real scientists go, like the the scientists mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. old and new. Um, like it's really amazing what you start to real like how much we don't know. Like there's so much incredible, you know. I just wow. I don't know. I don't, don't know. Right, and it's it's wow. Like how much more fun does life get when we can actually say. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm just, let's just see. Let's explore. (laughs) 
I don't, I don't know. Can, can that be our meditation that we, can, can, it, like, when we start a cult, can our cult just be the I don't know cult? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. And it's fine. I don't know. And it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So um, something that you recently wrote, which I just thought was so beautiful. So I wrote it down. You said, this is a stand in solidarity, but with a golden twist, we can come together like a rainbow fist. And I just love that. What does that mean to you? Tell us about uh, that. Oh my God. Thank you for like, I, sometimes it's nice when you hear back what you do. I know. You're like, like oh, I said that. That's I, good. Not, not bad, man. Oh, I, must, I, I must be doing something okay. Like decent. Um, yeah. I mean that, wow. Like, first of all, I am a big student of the golden rule, the golden mean. Um, if you study the golden rule, the golden mean, that's another one to study the golden mean. The, the middle path, right? There's over and over again, this, this, this like deep philosophy and science is like shared in every culture, every tradition, every, every, pla every place around the world shares this. And so I wanted to kind of like embody that with the idea that like, hey, like if we actually come together with all the different colors and races and all of our issues, all of our needs, all of our pain, all of our suffering, but we share, we share in that communion and we share in that solidarity of that pain, the suffering that maybe it's, maybe sometimes it's forgiveness because there's some people who have caused atrocities on others. We can find forgiveness for ourselves and our, our, you know, our ancestors, but whatever it is, it's like coming together and we come together, we join in this like rainbow fist, but we, mm -hmm. run, we join with a golden twist because we recognize that like, actually, if we just twist that knob to where we recognize that, oh my gosh, we already are in heaven. Like this is already mm. heaven. We don't need to wait mm. till we die. You don't gotta wait to like for AI to take over. Like we actually mm -hmm. already have. We don't everything. have to be on a war path. No, mm -hmm. no. Or, or we don't need to be anybody. Like it's like my mm -hmm. ideas are not better than yours. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. we are already a part of like have, like this whole world. I mean, look at look at nature. Look at people. Look at all the cultures. The rainbow. The rainbow. There's so many. I so many beautiful music and food and poetry and like there's so much to experience why are we limiting ourselves by by being scared and being fearful and worrying right and mm -hmm. having anxiety right and trying to prove ourselves and trying to decide which idea is better and which ideal is better and which standard is better and creating standards in the first place so i love the image of a rainbow fist with a golden <laughs> twist i love it <laughs> Um, okay, so when we were, you know, corresponding about um, things that were important to you, things that were significant for you to, to talk about, you, you said the practice of yoga is incomplete without political and community involvement. So let's dig into that yoga, yoga without community involvement. Yoga essentially is union, right? It's, it's, it's union between the human and the divine, but also with, with one another. So let's talk about that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so for me, that's also has been a journey because I, you know, for years in my twenties and thirties, I disconnected from politics. I was like, this is totally whack. You know, like they don't, mm -hmm. nobody, they don't listen to people. It's not, right. it's just a bunch of it's lies like, and bullshit. Right. <laughs> lies and bullshit, ego, a lot of ego tripping, a lot of whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and also there's like, yeah, there's a lot of corruption, right. In that space. And, and a lot of uh, um, facade, right? And so when you start practicing mindfulness and you start doing yoga training and you do all this stuff, you start to like, you start to kind of start to discern and you don't want to be around those kind of shadows, right? Like, we, you know, once you start practicing yoga or you do any sort of like 
disciplined practice of self-development, right? You start to recognize, oh, wait, I don't want these patterns around me. I don't want these toxic patterns, these toxic things. Mm -hmm. And politics is pretty toxic right now. So mm -hmm. I kind of mm -hmm. went away from it because I was like, oh, I'm spiritual. I'm like trying to be good. And so I like, I don't, I can't be involved in that, right? So I stepped away. Um, but um, a few years ago, I was on a trip. I was actually facilitating a, a yoga retreat in India, um, which you got to go one day. Maybe, Meg, we could do it. We, I, yeah. I, I, I facilitated. Yeah, I led a group of about 20 people with a, a, a couple other yoga teachers. And we, you know, I speak Hindi and Punjabi. So we traveled into villages and we went to these mm -hmm. amazing temples and learned from teachers. But we also volunteered. Like we went oh, and like beautiful. volunteered with kids. We volunteered with communities, villages that we went to. It was really awesome. Um, and I also kind of like shared with people like a different perspective of traveling, like getting connected to the actual people where we tra where traveled. Like uh -huh, uh -huh. we stayed in beautiful places too. But we also stayed in monasteries and we also stayed in like hotels, super nice hotel, but we also stayed in like communities, right? Here and we've mm -hmm. switched off. But anyways, um, so one of the places we volunteered, um, which now I'm on the board of advisors, it's called Yoga Mission. I really encourage everybody to check it out, yogamission.uk. Um, and basically, um, we, you know, I, I connected with the, the two principals of that place um, who are uh, who are now my good friends, my teachers, my mentors, my homies. Um, they, uh, they, so this foster home that they run, this orphanage, it's also a community center. And 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 um, the guy Devatma, one of the one of the people who runs it, he teaches at um, BHU, Varanasi University. He teaches now um, Sanskrit philosophy. That's he's a professor mm -hmm. of Sanskrit philosophy. And he was teaching me, like I got to spend some time with him. He was teaching me about Nagarik Shastra, right? Which is the basically, if translated, the, the yoga of politics. Mm. And there's a whole like diatribe, like like literally there's Vedas that like are go deep into like how how you have to like once you get your mind and body, like once your body is healthy, once your mind is healthy, right? And your spirit is healthy, that's the time to actually get into politics. Because mm -hmm. your mind is clear, your body is clear for you to make so you to make like make pretty pretty self aware and collectively aware decisions. Right? Um and you also become a good con a conduit for the collective consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're more open. Um, so Nagarik Shastra was like mind blowing. I was like, Meg, what? This guy is blowing my mind. Cause I was like, we don't learn about that in yoga teacher training. Like there's no mm -hmm. discussion just at all. Raise your that. vibration. Yeah. Stay, stay centered, stay grounded. Yeah. But political activism is certainly not in the yoga teacher training manuals. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. But but it makes it makes us think for a moment. Like, what if? Like, what if we? What if there was a? You know, I, I was kind of preparing for this interview, and I was thinking to myself, like, what if like people like you and me and some other yoga teachers and facilitators, we come together and we actually create a curriculum, like uh, a continuing education for yoga. Hey, mm. you're not practicing yoga. You're healthy. You're awesome. But you still notice there's a lot of disharmony in the world there's suffering around you like i think people are experiencing anxiety and depression these days even when they're practicing yoga and meditation because they're becoming aware that things are not balanced and like right. you've got to do not something about it right so maybe, right so maybe uh -huh. we can maybe we can create a political yoga certification or something you know like oh, I, that, I mean that. it'd be something to mm -hmm. think about right well it's interesting that we're having this conversation because lately in the past uh, couple of months as I've just been sitting and, and observing uh, the climate, um, this, this term keeps coming to my, to my mind, and that is spiritual negligence. And it's when, when we get to a point um, 
Well, and we can, of course, waver in and out of this point, right? We're all in a, a cycle of, of, of awareness and staying on our path and getting off and getting back on. But, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of like this idea of, of spiritual bypassing our own growth, um, you know, but this, are we being spiritually negligent and, and not being mm, standing in integrity to our community and to, to those around us, you know, um, right. are we just light and love, you know, everywhere and just like, it's going to be fine. Just keep your vibration high and everything will be fine. Like that's, that is a disservice. I mean, yeah, I believe if, if every human on the planet was to be able to raise their vibration, you know, to a point where, um, you know, the frequency of love was all there is, then yes, we'd be fine, but there needs right. to be, you know, some, some accountability, um, and, and helping, each other out. So let's talk about the the farmers protest in India. Let's talk about what's going on there. I'd love for you to take this time now to educate me, to educate our listeners about what is going on and why it impacts everyone and what we can do. Yeah, I mean, what, what's going on with the farmers protest in India is very interconnected with what's, you know, what's happening here. And you know, if anybody in your community is, you know, interested in healthy eating, right? Mm -hmm. A part of healthy living is healthy eating, right? Organic, eating like eating stuff that doesn't have a lot of like, you know, toxic uh, chemicals in it. Um, America is the one of the worst countries when it comes mm -hmm. to that. Like we still have things in our food that is banned in Europe. Right, right. Um, it's crazy. And then we wonder why, then we wonder why seven out of 10 American adults have chronic illness. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and not just not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. I mean, those that stuff causes, you know, mental and emotional symptoms, disease, mm -hmm. as well as the physical. Yeah, and that's I'm I'm glad you said that. So so okay. So the reason I'm prefacing it with that is because what we need to understand is back in 1979 there was a massive farmers protest here in America. Um, what they were protesting was something called the Green Revolution, which actually came into India about the same time. It was, it was like a combination of all these like huge organizations like Rockefeller Foundation and all these, Monsanto, like they're, you know, the parent company, all that stuff. They had, they decided like, let's, let's like, let's take over agriculture, like collectively. Let's, you know, let's not like these small farmers, like they're great, but they're not, they're not good. You know, this is not where the money's at. Like if we take over, and we like give everybody the same chemicals to use. Hey, oh, by the way, we have all this like toxic chemicals we were using for like the wars, like Vietnam and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, what are we gonna do? We can't let those go to waste. So let's use let's that. Put it on our food. food. Let's put on our food, yeah. right? Pesticides. Mm -hmm. So, so they basically created this system and, and they instilled it all over the world. In America, there was 1979, the farmers, people can look this up. The farmers all across America actually congregated at dc and they had a bunch of tractors it's freaking the pictures are amazing there's like tractors like take they took over like mm -hmm. right they took over dc and for a while they they got they hurt they got hurt right it stopped in india however it it didn't they, they started experimenting in india um and and india didn't have enough you know um solidarity they didn't have enough you know systems in place for unions so they couldn't really fight back um, and so a lot of places, including where I'm from, Punjab, where the Sikh people, Kundalini, um, I don't know if people, can, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, yeah, the, the, the Punjabi community got blasted. I mean, other communities too, but they 
really got affected because we have like generations of farms. My, my, I come from a, my, my mom has had a farm in the family for like hundreds of years. Maybe we don't even know. Okay. We're going like mm -hmm. some, maybe, maybe a thousand years. Okay. And so the, the point of the point is they started doing these, um, uh, toxic farming practices on these lands, like started actually putting GMOs in the ground or started kind of monocropping, which is also a very unhealthy thing, right? When you mm -hmm. monocrop, you don't allow for the nature to do its thing, right? You're like, and you force irrigation into places when it's not, doesn't work. So that ends up, messes up the soil. So then mm -hmm. now at the point in India for the past like 20 years, there's been like suicides by farmers because they can't meet the quota. Like they're like, or their crops all die because of toxic mm -hmm. chemicals or monocropping or whatever. And so, um, so what happened now is that the farmers find, there was a, there were three laws that got passed in the summer during the pandemic Mm -hmm. And there wasn't even like inclusion of farmers Jeez. when they were passing these farm bills. Like they didn't like wow. consult any farmers. Um, and the bills basically were like, hey, um, the bills basically said, hey, uh, we are, um, yeah, we're going to, you know, make this thing corporate. We're gonna, like, you know, corporate corporations don't, you know, one of the worst part about these laws, I mean, we can get into semantics, but I don't think it's smart because there's, this is India, right? They have their own thing. But I want to make the connection. They basically, one of the laws, was that you can't sue. Hmm. Like when any organization makes it so that they can't, or maybe any sort of space, they make it so that they can't get in trouble if things go wrong. Mm -hmm. There's something going on there, right? Right, right, right. Like we, we, we don't need to be held accountable and we refuse to let you hold us accountable. It's like, it's like even if your intentions are good, that doesn't mm -hmm. compute right? From a right. logical point of view. Now, the other aspect is they didn't include the farmers. So, so these protests basically have been, the, here's the back and forth. The back and forth is the farmers, like which India is made up of a ton of small farmers, right? So there are a lot more small farmers there than here in America, okay? And they basically said, no, like, no, we don't want to, we don't want these laws. You got to like, you got to like, you, you got to start over and include us in the conversation. Because the laws okay? were going to seriously inhibit how farmers could do business and and yeah. earn a living right so it's essentially yeah. like stripping them of their ability to earn a living exactly. is that right and yeah and then on top of it you know it's it's there's all these like market dynamics and all these other things but really what's what, what's got to be remembered is literally the government 20 years ago like um asked for a report about you know the soil health like the future of agriculture and they got all these recommendations from scientists, from everything about like, here are some of the things you could do to support all these farmers, to also feed Indian people, to like, you know, drive innovation in the field while still maintaining um, integrity in the farming industry. And they didn't take any of those recommendations. Mm. And like the Indian government actually created that, that, <laughs> that report. And so that's a big problem, right? Like when, you, when you, get, you get expert advice, and then you ignore it because there's there's corporate interest, right? There's corporate and, interest, which is a lot of money. I mean, we're talking not just money, but power, right? Because the elected yeah. leaders mm -hmm. tend to get mm -hmm. money for their funding <laughs> to get mm -hmm. become mm -hmm. elected leaders, right? So, <laughs> and, yeah. and so you know, like, so that's a whole thing. We can. That's. I, I just hope everybody can do some research on that. But what I want to do is a correlation that there's been articles and interviews with American farmers. And they've literally said here in America today, like during this protest in India, they said they wish they had the solidarity that the Indian farmers and workers in India have right now, because American farmers are getting obliterated 
right? And it's not just obliterated, but they're also getting more and more taken over by corporations, like mm -hmm. as we speak. Mm -hmm. In fact, Bill Gates is the biggest owner of farmland at the moment, which is, and he wants to create, like, he's like all in, he's, he owns Monsanto now. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just something to think about is like, what's going on here? Like, right. all over the world, it's connected, right? They yeah, wouldn't do connected, it in India, right. Meg, they wouldn't do it in India, Meg, if it didn't work here in America. Right. Yeah, which is scary. <laughs> so that being said, you know, I think that's why we're having this conversation is because it's kind of like a wake up call. Like when our food is, if, if we don't have access to healthy food, it doesn't it's matter. It's our life force. Right. Yeah, but you could, do, you, could do as much, you could do as much yoga as you want. You could be mindful. You could meditate. It won't matter. Your food is toxic. Right. What you're ingesting, consuming every single day from the time you get up. And, and unless, unless you're on like a, a month long fast, <laughs> but eventually you're going to, you're going to be eating again. And yeah, I mean, it impacts us all and just the, the soil, um, you know, for future generations. So not even just us, it's, it's our children and our, the future generations for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Now I, re I recommend people watch a, a documentary called Kiss the Ground. Um, mm -hmm. And that's a great documentary that talks about how Soil health is connected to our immune system health and it's connected to climate change too because if there's more soil and we're like cultivating soil and we're creating more farms and if more of us, Meg, more people like us just started more farms and got involved with building farms, right? It would transform the climate actually. So on, on, a, on a micro level, you know, somebody listening to this today who, who can't like wake up tomorrow and go start their own farm. Right. Um, how can they begin to make changes in their life starting tomorrow? What can they pay attention to? What choices can they make that will support a, a healthier future when it comes to our, our land and, and farming and, you know, a, a, a healthier, happier way of life, just not for, for me and you right here where we are, but for all of us moving forward, what kind of choices can we make and integrate into our daily lives? Like love starting that. tomorrow, starting right now. Starting right now. I love that question, <laughs> Meg. Um, I think, you know, first and foremost, it starts with our thought process, right? Like how we meditate, how we sit down, how do, how do we like see ourselves in the world? And so I'm going to say, I'm going to say a phrase that really resonates with me these days. It's, Think globally, act locally. Think globally, act locally, okay? Which is starting from that place, being like, wait, everything is connected. So any suffering, any manipulation, any corruption in India, in, um, in Iraq, in Syria, in um, anywhere around the world, wherever you go, Africa, South America, indigenous, you name it, any, anybody's suffering is our suffering. It'll come to, it'll get to us. It'll affect mm -hmm, us mm -hmm, one day, mm -hmm. okay? Um, that's important first of the interconnectedness of things because then, then we get it. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm connected. Oh my gosh, I'm not separate, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then the second part is acting locally, which is if I could say right now, tomorrow, my thing is go tomorrow. I mean, this week, go to your city hall meeting. Like go to like, whatever you live, go to your city hall meeting. They're all virtual now. Go find out, right, true. Find out what's yeah. going on. You know, you could smoke, you could smoke a joint, you could have some wine, you don't have, you, know, you could be doing yoga while you're right. going to the city hominy, you could do, like, it's on mm -hmm. Zoom, like, so you could do anything you want, okay? Um, 
go check it out. Go find out what's happening. Just see, just observe. And like, just like you observe a business or a person or a teacher or a coach or whatever, just go observe it. See what's going on. And then the, the secondary effect of that is find out what's going on with your the food in your community or maybe nearby community if there's any sort of like food deserts or places where people don't have access to healthy fruits and vegetables that don't have toxins that they have access to food that doesn't isn't filled i mean a lot of places all around the country don't have access to fruits and vegetables the way that more wealthy and privileged people have right so starting to pay attention to those connections is super important so this is also why it's it's important to buy local to um, support restaurants that that use food that comes from local and nearby farms, right? Exactly, exactly. And in fact, that kind of brings it to like you said, you know, acting locally, right? So maybe connecting to your farmers in your community, or maybe taking some extra time to like maybe not just connect to the farmers, but also the workers, because you'd be surprised at how many workers aren't taken care of that work on farms, right? And so finding out who's, who works on these farms, right? What, is, what kind of help do they need? Are, are the kids getting education? Some of these kids don't get, they're kind of getting, you know, um, they might be undocumented, right? So they're not getting help right now and, they're, and the government can't help them and maybe they're hiding. And so maybe we, we need to reach out more and support them with meditation or, food or Ayurveda or so many different things, right? Um, but also the farmers, like maybe maybe there is something to think about and start thinking about like for yourself going forward, like do we want to live isolated or do we want to start to build more communities that are focused on regenerative agriculture, regenerating the land, connecting with the land. Mind you, mind you, by the way, you're a mother, like any mothers and fathers out there, like hello, like you got to start thinking for the future. Do you want your kids to be healthy and strong immune systems? That means they got to get connected to the soil. Like right. You, you can't have and a healthy like immune real system. Real food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And appreciation for the earth. Right. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, you're going to be stuck on these computer devices and that we're all going to be robots. And I, don't, I think right. that we're not going to last long if we do that. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you were just saying, you know, connect to the earth, make sure our kids connect to the earth. It, it made me think of, so my little boy, happy, he's, he's 10 months old and we have many, you know, indoor plants and his favorite thing to do is to crawl up to all of the potted plants, put his hands in the dirt and then like either eat the dirt <laughs> or just like drop it all <laughs> over the ground and I'm like, hey, you know what? Okay, yes, I'm gonna have to clean this up. And yes, my kid is eating dirt, but but he's getting his hands in some soil. And one of my one of my friends on cart was like, you know, that's a great way to for uh, that babies and, and children intuitively know to to be able to ground their energy, to to connect to to dirt. That's why little boys and and kids like want to dig all the time because they're they're regulating their their nervous system by like you know, getting their hands in dirt. And so yep. my yep. God, what's going to happen, yep. you know, and generations later when, when, if we don't have like real soil because it's been depleted and, um, <laughs> you know, so anyway, yeah, just talking about how it's all connected. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing and for educating us. Um, I saw a really, um, striking image 
when I was doing my own research about this farmer protest in India of all of the women on International Women's Day, many of the, the wives and the daughters, um, you know, and the loved ones, women um, of these farmers went and they all had, you know, yellow head coverings and, you know, just all sitting, um, you know, in peaceful protests. And it was just such a, such a, a strikingly beautiful, potent, image you know with all the the yellow head coverings and they're just beautiful faces turned towards the sun it was it was a beautiful image and and truly a testament to what you know international women's day is all about saying we we are powerful we can make changes in the community and and we've we've got to come together you know we've got to come together so um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad you brought that up because my, my mom has been, you know, heavily involved um, here. She's here, but, you know, our, our farm is basically under attack, right? A generational mm -hmm. farm. And one of the things that I've, like, noticed with this thing in India is I've been been witness. And it, this is actually one of the things I'm glad you're sharing this on your on your platform. But there has been a concerted censorship of this in India because, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't want to suggest any reasons why. I just want people to do their own analysis. Like, why is the largest protest in human history not being talked about? It know? is not being um, talked about. Why? It is not being talked about. I mean, you rarely see it, you know, on social media. You, right. I mean, it, and it's like affecting millions of people. And it, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a crisis. And it's not being talked about. Why? Not, not, yeah. not, not only is it not being talked about, but the, you, the, the American government is making deals with the Indian government at the moment, instead of saying, oh, they're, they're breaking human rights, by like they're doing human mm -hmm. rights violations. Mm -hmm. Like instead of like saying, oh, hey, you guys are breaking human rights violations, they're like, hey, let's make deals with you. So there's, right. like, there's, there's a really big disconnect right now with the reality of the situation. And like even social media, like I've noticed, Meg, I've gotten censored. And I'm not like evoking mm. any violence or anything. I'm talking about human rights violations happening in India and I'm getting it, censored. From a peaceful way about... too. Yeah. Wow. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, so that kind of like brings up, a, you know, a really important point is like, what's going on here? Like, why, why is there this concerted censorship of this protest? You talked about the women, right, that are like coming together. What's really beautiful about what's happening in India is all the, there's so many cultures, Muslim, Hindu, Christian, Jewish, um, uh, Sikh, they're all coming together right now, like ag against these bills, but also they're coming together in community. Like they're, they're right like now during the pandemic, they're feeding each other. They're, yeah, like a rainbow fest. They're feed, no, you know, they're feeding each other. They're they're teaching the homeless right now. Like they're ho they're housing and educating the homeless for free. There's medical. They're giving free medical to people on the streets. I mean, there's like they've made a makeshift um, hospitals to like serve people in a radical way. Like it's like, but it's all in the spirit of protest. But they're turning it into like not just a protest, but they're turning it. Into to like a autonomous zone that doesn't need money there's no money being exchanged for these mm -hmm. services it's mm -hmm. it's community that's being exchanged it's community. Um, food is being shared um music and culture and, and poetry and and faith like they're they're like there'll be like a muslim there'll be like an islamic prayer and then after the islamic prayer there'll be a hindu one and after the hindu one there'll be a sikh one then there'll be a christian one like that's happening right now Meg. that's mm -hmm. kind of what's been powering this and some of the interviews, some of the conversations I've had with some of the protesters out there, they're like, we're prepared to be here for three years mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to make because sure they know the impact that it's going to make on future, on, on, on the world moving forward on everything. I mean, I mean but it was. 
But that's more reason why we need to talk about this solidarity that's happening because it's they're showing us like right now. Look at what's happening with Asians. Next week it'll be happen with uh, indigenous people. I mean, you notice mm-hmm. we, there keeps we keep having these protests and we're upset, but we're upset in different pockets. Like then in the summer it was Black Lives Matters, and then it was like there's like we're not actually coming together. We're like everybody's just doing their own thing here in America. How can we come together? How can I mean how how. How can we come together? What can we do? And 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 for all of those listening who are in a space of leadership, um, who and leadership meaning you teach one yoga class a week, you teach a thirty-minute yoga class on Zoom, you teach children, you are a mother, you are a fa- you you are a leader. So how can how can we create community? How can we come together? What's your vision? What do you see? Oh, oh my gosh, you ready for this vision? I've been meditating. <laughs> I'm a lot ready. About this. I'm ready. Well, well, I mean, I have to share, you know, like we, we don't have to look to, we, we just need to look at examples that work, right? We don't need to like invent anything. Like it's, right. it's, it's not just, it's not just happening in India right now, but it's happened many times before in human history. Um, but we don't learn these things in our history classes, right? That's the problem. No. But what, what we need to see is that what's happening in India is essentially a protestable. Okay. It's a protestable because you have a bunch of people coming together to protest. You have the lower caste. You have people who are basically slaves. You have people who are different religions. You have different the farmers. You have the workers. You have all these people coming together. But they're coming together not just in protest, but they're celebrating. Like, they're not, like, yelling in anger. They're literally mm-hmm. feeding each other. They're mm-hmm. pl- playing music together. They're um, hanging out and telling stories. Um, they're remembering the heroes and the people who stood up for human rights in history, like sharing these stories with each other about their different cultures. And so they're celebrating. They're celebrating while fighting for what's the right thing for the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that's not, that's happened before, but like the problem is in our history, we keep repeating this story, this narration here in America and a lot of Western world that you need violence to do mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Right. So that turns off a lot of leaders like your yoga teachers, meditation, they get turned off. They're like, I don't want to be involved because I don't want to violence. Well, you don't need to do violence. Like MLK didn't use violence. Like, OK, you're worried about getting killed. What are you going to do when you die? Like, what are you going to are you going to take your shit with you when you die? Like, where, what is going to happen to you when you die? Like, do you want to really be in this like incredibly important time in human history? Look, we're like in this pivot point in human history. Pandemic inequality, all kinds of crazy shit happening, Bitcoin, GameStop, you name it. We're like learning monetary mm-hmm. system is totally made up. Okay, what are we going to do now? Do you want to be a part of the story? Like, do you want to be a legend? Or do you want to sit there on the sidelines and like when you die and like whatever happens when you die, they're like, maybe let's say there's like this cosmic being and the cosmic being is like, oh, by the way, you didn't do shit when you had the opportunity. <laughs> right, right. What did you do? Like you had oh, an opportunity to literally mm-hmm. create something different. So, so by the way, I want to share too with you, Meg, a big part of this protestable that's happening in India is humility. This isn't about mm-hmm, some mm-hmm, person mm-hmm. getting the nomination for something. This isn't mm-hmm. about, oh, my, my views are awesome and I want to get like promoted on my social media. Like this is not about that. And I think humility is a big thing, right? And we're, right. we're struggling with that in our Western culture, right? Like people, people <laughs> like don't even know what that is anymore, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. It's like kind of this something that I, you know, have to like uh, look at and, and examine is, you know, when people um, have a platform, 
does this feel like they're just collecting minions, you know, to serve their self-interest or does it feel like truth and love and compassion and vulnerability and, and community? What does it feel like, you know, in your heart? Um, and I think that's something we have to consistently and continuously ask ourselves when we are drawn to a community, but also as leaders, am I doing this to like collect minions or, or am I truly doing this in service and, and really, you know, getting your mind right and, and getting your energy right and making sure that it is for, you know, a reason bolstered by love and, and not ego. Um, so. Sure. Sure. And, you know, and, and, a, and a reminder too, is that, you know, like. It, 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 like the universe is not how, what do you want to call it? God, quantum reality, whatever, whatever your beliefs are, right? Uh, um, there is certainly some sort of interesting karmic, um, karmic science, right? That like when you go the extra mile for others, okay, selflessly, others, others being plants, others being animals, mm -hmm. other being humans, mm -hmm. right? Whatever it is, when you go the extra mile somehow the universe always gives you back like way more mm -hmm, way more but yeah. it's a weird glitch because in our culture we learn oh take care of yourself first before you do anything for others but like the irony in that the crazy paradox is actually when you do things for others it comes back to you and yourself grows your self-worth mm -hmm. your self-love everything grows oh yeah there's all sorts of studies about how being of service actually promotes a deeper sense of self-worth. Um, it opens up purpose to you um, in a more expansive way. You see purpose beyond a job title. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and in, so fact, in fact, there's crazy neuroscience behind what we're talking about. Like there, mm -hmm. you know, like our whole belief system that we're based in this like baseline level of fear, fight or flight is untrue. We actually mm -hmm. are humans. We've evolved to be this way because of altruism. Like that's our brain is wired for altruism. In fact, the, the, the severe amount of mental illness, loneliness, depression, anxiety that everybody's experiencing is because we are not tapping into altruism. We're like not right. doing what we're designed to do. Right. We're, we're not we're not saying to one another, I see you. I truly see you. I love you simply because you exist. We're saying what can you do for me? You know, who are you? I gotta take How care can of you help me? I, I got to take yeah. care of myself. I got I to I do my, mm -hmm. I got to do me. I got to do me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, totally. I believe like you can't pour from an empty cup, like take care of yourself, but, but you know, like community is, is just how we're going to, to evolve as, as a species and how we're going to, uh, gosh, just, yeah, I mean, Meg, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do like a, a like an extra little like asterisk on what I said earlier about acting locally. Another, you know, another great trick for, you know, your listeners is, um, is uh, okay, fine. You go to your city hall, mini, whatever you like, check out what's going on. But like, find out, you know, like once in a while, take a moment in your meditations to tap into what is, how are you suffering? Like, what's going on with mm -hmm. you? Like, what, where do you like what triggers you like does it trigger you when like you 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 learn that kids there's foster children that are getting abused in traffic um does it uh, do you feel like triggered when you hear about domestic violence do you get triggered by homelessness do you get, like just find out what you get triggered by like what what is the social issues that trigger you right and then my invitation to you is go and volunteer and serve mm. in that space mm. right mm. like Thank go like go go into the fire and watch mm -hmm. what happens 
Mm. I don't know. I don't know, Meg. Powerful. Like I said at the beginning, I don't know. I don't know anything. Hey, I don't, I don't know. know I don't know. But do the but do the experiment. Like I invite you, do the experiment and see what happens. Mm. I love I love I love that so much. Thank you. Um, because then then you find what what truly what what you're passionate about, and that passion is just going to propel you forward even more so. So I really 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 love that that little nugget of wisdom. Thank you for that. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's certainly one of the things I learned in the political yoga was that like we, some of us really care. We're very empathetic. We care a lot. We feel a lot. I get it. I feel too. I get really emotional. I get caught up. And I used to get really caught up to the point where I was anesthetized, right? I'd have mm-hmm. to shut down because mm-hmm. I couldn't, or I had to drink a lot or I had to mm-hmm. smoke a lot, right? Or whatever it is, right? Um, but we need to start learning that we are really, we have a lot of resilience. Like we're built to be resilient human beings, but we have to practice it. Like resilience is not, you know, it doesn't get given to you. You earn it. Let's talk about resilience and, and, and what your tools for resilience are. What does resilience even mean to you? <laughs> resiliency. Wow. I mean, resiliency is like, I'm looking at all these trees all around me, right? I'm in a forest right now. And like trees, like look at, look how amazing trees are. They'll grow out of the ground, right? And they'll, as they grow up, but they also get rooted more into the ground, right? But there could be winds, there could be rain, there could be a hurricane, there could be like, like I'm on the top side of a hill. There's like crazy winds that happen here, but these trees stay, they, they have resilience, like they stay put. And, they, and, and by staying put, they end up providing uh, not just uh, uh, oxygen, right? And like sequestering carbon dioxide, but they also create homes for woodpeckers. They create homes for squirrels, for insects, for fungi, right? They're like, they do so much by staying, resi- by being resilient. Right. And so I look at like myself and how I exist and how I show up in the world. If I if I make sure to get in nature every day, I make a point to get in nature, but getting in nature, connecting with nature, just remembering, disconnecting from like technology and connecting nature helps me ground into the earth. Right. Psychologically and physically. Um, But at the same time, laughter, like finding joy, finding like for me, I like literally I found a hike, a hack, (laughs) a life hack, you know, like years ago. Um, in, in New York, I got mentored. I got one of my gurus. Um, he taught me Dr. Alex Einhorn. He's one of the top chiropractors in New York, but he's amazing too. But he taught me about um, how to use laughter and how to how to share laughter using science and the mm. science of laughter. And that kind of changed the game for me because it was like, holy cow! Like laughter is this wonderful tool. By the way, did you know only twenty to thirty percent of our laughter is actually based on humor? No. 20 to 30 percent so we're laughing 80 70 to 80 percent not because things are funny why else do we laugh now like, I'm like think about it like when, when do you I laugh? laugh when, when i'm nervous laugh, like, when you're, oh when you're nervous exactly <laughs> right. okay uh-huh. what about when you're scared um i don't my husband does <laughs> okay fair enough um what about I, scary movies by the way they get that i get so oh, I can't, I can't watch scary movie. I startle so easily that I'm like the most annoying person to watch a scary movie with, which I heard is a trait of left-handed people. I'm left-handed. So yes. I, uh, yes, yeah, yes. no, me and scary movies just don't. don't <laughs> me too. I, I have imagination that messes with me yeah. a lot. So, yeah. but, um, yeah. but, but I would say we also laugh. What about when we get hurt? Mm-hmm. Like, do, what about mm-hmm. your baby? Does your baby laugh mm-hmm. when he gets hurt? 
he does this weird like oh, oh you know where he's like i'm not sure what's happening <laughs> so, so but there's also that- many there's also many kundalini kriyas that involve laughter as like one of the sets one of the exercises it's like okay we're gonna laugh and then it's so cool to see you know people start like laughing with this like fake laugh you know like (laughs) this feels weird and then all of a sudden like you start hearing true real laughter and it's 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 medicine it's medicine well well, so i mean that that so you know like i mean i can go on into the science of it you know we release so many so much dopamine when we laugh we release endorphins when we laugh, right? Which is like painkillers. We like our, um, like our neurals, our nervous system is actually designed to laugh, right? Like mm-hmm. babies laugh, not because they have to, but because that's what they are designed to do. Or as it's we get older- Physiological we stop- function. Physiological function, right? And so unfortunately, as we get older, we get caught up with all these illusions and delusions. We start to think that laughter is something that like makes you look silly and makes you mm-hmm. childish. But the funny thing about being childish, like, look at what Jesus said, be like a child and ye shall enter heaven, right? Like mm-hmm. all the, all the masters have taught us, holy sh- holy cow, like it is important to laugh and to be innocent and to be, to enjoy and yourself. And to not because... take yourself so seriously yes. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, and so that, that being said, for me, that has been a crazy tool for resilience because guess what? As I've been doing stuff in politics, as I've been developing uh, platforms, I'm, I now have a collaborative business, cooperative business, a horizontal business with a bunch of other people creating a platform to make democracy transparent and to also create resources and skill sharing and uh, even, even cryptocurrency around citizen engagement. And the only way I've been able to do this work and show up in politics and show up in different ways is because I laugh at how silly things are. Like when I notice how inefficient something is, I laugh first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get like I think that's that's also one of one of the greatest ways we can um uh call out our ego to to make big fears seem less significant is to just kind of laugh at it like you know I mean this is silly what I'm thinking you know and, and just just to just to be able to take a step back and say not everything has to be so serious and and I can laugh and and it is a medicine so in fact in fact when we laugh our, our what happens is we, our fight or flight response goes down your cortisol levels drop even if you're fake laughing your cortisol levels mm-hmm. drop so that's the thing okay it's like a, it's a physiological response your cortisol levels drop your fight or flight uh, 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 response goes down and you also start increasing oxytocin when you laugh mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. automatically what happens automatically but beyond your thought like underneath your thoughts okay you literally start to think you're more connected mm. And you feel more connected because your hormones are doing that, right? And so that automatically allows you to make better decisions. Like if you're making a decision from a fight or flight response, look at all the mistakes we make in life. Like right. when we're anger and fear, we make them when we're in a fight or flight response. So all we got to do is just like laugh a little bit and, and uh, connect with each other, love one another. And, and just open our hearts to compassion and community and awareness. And, and there we go. We just, just need to laugh and love a little that's bit it. more. That's, that's how we got that. That's how we solved it. We solved the problems, Mag. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Problem okay, solved. everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my I mean, gosh, I, I think... feel like we could talk forever. Yeah, and, and Leo, like, like I want to definitely call, um, like call the attention to, you know, my background being sick. And coming mm-hmm. from the Sikh community, mm-hmm. um, that that this idea, the Sikh philosophy, not so much the religion, but the mm-hmm. philosophy 
is something that we all need to start thinking about and connecting to. And you practice Kundalini. Kundalini mm -hmm. comes from that. Like, it takes a lot yeah. from the philosophy. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. Yogi Bhajan and his community really failed when it came mm -hmm. to like honoring the feminine and mm -hmm. the yeah. and, and the and the feminine and feminine approaches also of like meditation, mindfulness, community service. That's that was missed, right? Like he yeah. he's a dude. He can't help it. Mm -hmm. He was a dude, mm -hmm. right? And everybody who like everybody who got empowered around him were, were kind of like followed suit with his dudeness, right? And so mm -hmm. unfortunately, that's the situation. But we need to start learning that the Sikh philosophy, this basically this idea of the Jedi, right? That's what the Sikh philosophy talks about is being a Jedi, okay? Mm -hmm. In this world, not in like Star Wars, but how to be a Jedi <laughs> in this world, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but what that, what that means is what does it mean to be a warrior saint? And a warrior saint doesn't necessarily have to fight with a, with a sword or a gun. A warrior saint can fight with his tongue or her tongue. A warrior saint can fight with their love and compassion. A warrior saint can fight with their resilience in the face of shadows, of fear, of oppression. They can, they'll show up. They'll always protect the innocent. They'll always protect. They'll always give to the needy. They'll always show up. In fact, right now, the Sikh community is one of the few communities all over the world that is showing up for people all over the world. Like all the time in Syria, mm -hmm. they're feeding, mm -hmm. they're feeding both sides in Syria, right? They feed both sides. Even in India, the Sikh community has also been feeding the police that's been hitting them. <laughs> like, they feed the police that hit them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like this is, we need more of this radical, compassionate warrior. Compassion. Saint, compassion. Right. Right. Radical compassion. compassion. And, and conviction for what we, what we believe in and, and, mm -hmm. and fiercely standing up for that through compassion, not this like justice above all else, but compassion and community and, and love and, and knowing that, I mean, that is the divine feminine, you know, and when we balance it with, with the masculine of action, you know, that's, that's where it is. And we're just so right now connected to the masculine of action and progress above all else above all else and seeing compassion as kind of like a, um, uh, a sign of like surrender, you know, exactly. um, and, and, uh, and also seeing surrender as bad, you know, um, sure. that is sure. that seeing through the toxic masculine lens. And when we can bring, we can bring harmony to it, but yeah, I, I fully agree with you about Kundalini, um, really kind of honoring the, the masculine, you know, more than the feminine, um, and that intuition and divine flow and, uh, or silliness or silliness, silliness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, just, you know, laughing at some of it, be like, let's just get through this and it's going to be fun, you know, and you don't have to be perfect. So exactly, exactly. And, and, and mind you too, you know, that's, you know, unfortunately there's some great teachings in this philosophy and the Sikh philosophy, because it, you know, one of the things I love about, about this culture is we had, we had 10 gurus, right? And then we stopped. At the 10th guru, the guru's like, wait, I don't want this to continue because people are going to keep following somebody. You, people need to follow mm -hmm. themselves. Like, mm -hmm. they need to follow their inner guru. And they, they, mm -hmm. otherwise, people are going to get caught up in cults. They're going to get caught up mm -hmm. in despots or demigods, right? They're going to be like, oh, that person's going to save me instead of doing it They're going to give all their power away, which is the opposite exactly. of what these practices are for. It's for this but, inner empowerment. Yeah. But, but what was amazing is that, like, uh, of those 10 gurus, 
we had different types of gurus. Like the first guru was Guru Nanak, but then we had another guru that was a, a child, Guru Hare Krishna, who was seven years old, who was a guru. And then we had a guru that was inaugurated in his late 70s as a guru. Like he, like what? When do we make? And then we had a, another guru who was a warrior. Like he was a he ate meat and he was like a a swordsmith and he had a hawk. He had a pet hawk, Guru Gobind Singh Ji. I mean, we had like all kinds of guru. We had a guru that was a poet. We had a so we we had a guru that was an Ayurvedic healer, right? So like the thing is like we have to understand that the guru, the teachers show up in many different forms, and like people exactly. show, people yes. all around us can be teachers, right? And and guru for those those who are listening, guru is as is, is a shift from darkness to light. So, you know, you 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 any anyone can be a guru. Any, those who challenge us can can be a guru because they're helping us to 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 make that shift. If they challenge us, and then we assess our triggers. You know. Um, so Meg, Meg, and- Meg, you bring up a good, you bring up a great point. I think that's going to be the big move for all of us is to learn. And that not is the to shift into the Aquarian. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's really important for us to start to recognize that we no longer can get anything done if we vilify anyone. Like let mm. whoever you vilify, whoever you think is trying to attack you or mess with your rights or or who's like been selfish or anybody, anybody, whether political, whatever they are, right? In your life, you cannot give up your power to those people. You have to like you have to approach that with love and compassion. Because you ha- we need to, because it's the more angry you are, the more oppositional you are, those other entities will also create more of the resistance against you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. gonna work for you or us. Like we're going to need to be radically compassionate, not just with each other, but even those who maybe are miserable and they're causing misery around the world because they're miserable. Like they actually they're are. Hurt. You they're know? hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We need more protestables. This is, this is what I'm, this is what I'm feeling. So I'd like, I, I nominate you, Andy, to, to um, start the next protestable. <laughs> I love that. I'm down. I'm down. Um, yeah, I mean, and thank you, Meg. I mean, I really appreciate, you know, this conversation. I appreciate you taking the time and being a leader. I have to acknowledge you, you know, thank you for showing up and being a leader, not just for your, not just for your community, but also your family, right? Also, you know, also kind of like planting these seeds of these conversations. Um, you never know, maybe an alien will hear this and start a protestable on like an alien planet. So you're doing some great stuff, it. you know, here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I received that. Thank you so much. I, I, uh, that means a lot. Well, I, I end every episode by asking the same question, and that is, what does the word miracle mean to you? Dang. Dang. Mm-hmm. Wow. Miracle. Um, gosh, there's like, it's, it's unfortunate because like I, there's like, there's like the right brain part of me and the left brain part of me. That like, they're like fighting each other. They're like fighting each other. They're like, no, I want to answer. No, I want to answer. Um, so I'm gonna first. I'm gonna answer it with my my analytical side. Okay, the analytical okay. side says um, says that you know the, the miracle is already happening in every moment. Um, from the microcosm to the macrocosm, there's a miracle happening in every in every piece of dirt and piece of sand anywhere around the world. And every planet and every solar system and every galaxy, there's a miracle happening. I mean, there's like miracles happening in our body. Like there's like white cells beating up like viruses and parasites in our body all the time. Like there's crazy miracles happening. All the- there's tumors that are getting like shut down by our body all the time, you know? 
Um, so there's all these miracles happening all the time um, with each other and everything. Okay, so that's the analytical side. Okay. Uh, the, the other side of me is that there is this um, potential energy in the universe, right? There's like this, that, that's one of the reasons why we love to meditate and we love to like sit, you know, in, in peace or nature. And like, we cultivate this, this potential energy when we meditate properly, quote unquote, properly. When we meditate properly, whatever, we cultivate this, this potential energy. And what happens in that potential energy as it builds, as it like that, 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 that energy builds, it can be visualized or potentialized into something. And sometimes it needs to be something in a space of suffering, in a space where there's great pain or maybe imbalance or disharmony, right? And so the miracle, when there's enough focus, and sometimes you can make, uh, multiple people can potentialize that energy, right, together. Um, like it's what we call sangat, right, in, in, in Sanskrit. But like when that's potentialized together, you can actually create incredible change and harmony when there's a lot of disharmony. Um, and so that's like, that's a miracle from like the individual to the collective, um, depending on potential energy and the cultivation of potential energy. Waheguru. <laughs> Waheguru. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so you have, um, you are the co-founder for um, an organization uh, for foster children. You are um you teach on a an online platform um and and you just you do so much you do so much to help so can you just share a few ways that people can connect with you or that they can connect with the different organizations i of course i'm going to to put all the links in the show notes so if you're listening you can take a look at the show notes and you'll see all of this but if you could just share with us a little bit about the different organizations that um you're you are part of sure i mean i'll start you know we, we you know i shared earlier how important is to practice civic yoga right and that's mm -hmm. a part of your mental and physical health because when you're not connected to the decision making in your neighborhood, your community, you actually like, you know, we were talking about altruism earlier. You actually like, doesn't matter how much yoga you practice, you actually, they've actually found that your mental and physical health diminishes when you're not involved in local politics. Like when people get involved, they get healthier and happier mm -hmm. because it makes sense, right, Meg? You like, when you know what's happening in your neighborhood and you're involved in improving it, you, you, it makes it, you feel safer, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, so the first project that I would love to share is called democracy.club. And we would love, I, we would be, we building the first ever, like super, like super transparent, like everything's gonna be transparent. It's a cooperative. It's not even like, we're not structured like a pyramid, like a business pyramid or a, a vertical pyramid or horizontal, mm -hmm. but we're building a social media platform focused on democratic involvement, civic engagement at a local level. But at the same time, it's a way for you to earn um, cryptocurrency that is based on resource and resources and skills in your community. Mm. So you wow. could share your skills and resources with the community. You could build, um, you could build cryptocurrency. You could get involved. You can create legislation in your community. You can get citizen coins for that. But then what that translates into like, you can get free services from your local businesses. You can get free um, uh, support from your local community members based on how much you are helping them improve your community. So it's like rewarding civic engagement. That's what we're doing. Yeah. With oh, I love that. And that's spelled, just in case you guys want to know, that's spelled democra, S-E-E, -E, correct? Democracy. Yep. Yeah, yeah because we're making it transparent. Like we want, yeah, what if, I love it. What if, 
what if what if our social what if social media was transparent what if the ceos everything who's involved you could see how much they're making you could see all of it right and you can like see that's oh these are the people who are like involved um okay so that's one project the other thing i would love to share is cosmic labyrinth cosmic labyrinth dot world which is um which is a cooperative so both of the business i'm involved in are cooperatives um so people should definitely go and research that cooperatives it's might be one of the most amazing ways in, within a capitalistic world to do something community-based, right? In terms of businesses and growth. But um, Cosmic Labyrinth is a social emotional learning um, uh, business where we're developing video games. We've already done play shops for kids. Um, basically, we're like Hogwarts meets um, Star Trek. Okay, That's so, so cool. <laughs> so, so we're teaching kids um, about a lot of social emotional stuff using magic and talking about magic and talking about cosmic and talking about aliens and interdimensional beings but and also cultures and also you know teaching them about different cultures teaching about meditation all kinds it's really fun and we're also creating video games and we're also creating cosmic kits that are delivered to kids and parents so cool oh fun okay and that that's an online platform so anybody can um can participate yeah, yeah, we're and it's just gonna work like it's a cooperative. So if there's people out there who want to be educators and help support and give create content and support kids during this crazy pandemic, I mean, it's crazy right now what's happening with the mental health of children right now. So you know, uh, if anybody wants to join, jump in and be involved, they welcome to. If there's parents who want to also jump in and have ideas and contribute and want to be involved, let's do it. And we we are you know I'm also an educator. I've been involved in education for the past twelve years. So like we are thinking also how can we create a mystery school for kids that is also accredited so they can actually they can get their requirements math science english all that stuff but by going to a school that also teaches them about what it means to be a happy and healthy human being while right. they're con- spending all that conscious consciously connected human being yeah exactly oh, with nature with themselves with the community with culture mm-hmm. right so um, we definitely welcome more collaboration and connections and people want to get involved with the business. It's cooperative. So go and research that. You'll see. It's kind of, it's a really fun yogic way to approach business. Um, and then, so the third thing I want to share is NOLA, um, N-O-L-A dot chat, which is a, um, what is, which is a, 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 basically we've been developing an algorithm, um, which is basically the Netflix of wellness. Um, and so we have this crazy all-star team that's been developing something that kind of like supports a lot of the community across the United States that doesn't have access to yoga, meditation, healthy eating, like the people who don't have access to that, we're creating a way to in, like guide them and support them with ideas and like wellness plans and different concepts that can nudge them towards being healthier and happier. And the way we're looking at it is that if we encourage them to be happier, they will do things to be happier, healthier. Mm-hmm. So we're doing it in a different direction. Like a lot of insurance companies, Kaiser, mm-hmm. all these things, they focus on getting people healthy, right? Right. We're like, wait, how do, can we get, let's focus on getting people happier and then they will mm-hmm. do the things to be healthy. Making decisions from a happy place is certainly more empowering than making decisions from uh, a place where you just feel like you have to or you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and Meg, and Meg, by the way, I, people are probably going to be like, how the heck does he do all this stuff? You know, Meg, you know this, when we practice, Kundalini, when we practice Kriya, when we practice Ayurveda, when we practice Chinese medicine, we have practice shamanism, you get like you get superpowers. Like I don't know right. how to tell you, but like I can focus. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not just focus, I also discern. Like if, if anything is wasting my time, I don't I don't let it. 
I just I, I stop it. So I'm not wasting right. time or energy. It's my well, energy and you also you, it's not just you creating these ideas. You become a channel for divine wisdom tapping into that creative consciousness and and you become a channel so you're not just having you're not doing it by yourself it's not just you you're, and, you're and, tapped and into that, something greater and that's literally and figuratively you're hit it right mag you're right about that number one i'm a big fan of the, the idea of genius genie remember mm-hmm. the word genius mm-hmm. comes from genie right mm-hmm. so you know it's when the genies are tapping into you you get you become genius and they're like they're mm-hmm. channeling mm-hmm. through you um but uh, I also like believe in collaborative spirit with other human mm-hmm. beings and like all, all the projects I'm involved with, we're like amazing teams. Like the people I'm, I'm teamed up with there. It's like therapy because like, not only mm-hmm. are we like, not only are we all caring people, but we're doing something together to change what's wrong in the world. What's, what's imbalanced. Right, and you're all, you're using your gifts and strengths and not getting the ego in the way and saying, well, I like, I'm going to be in charge and do all of this instead of like, this is where I can contribute and this is where I am not so great. And so let's, let's like cooperate and, and bolster one of the, you know, hold each other together instead of I need to be at the top of the pyramid. <laughs> By the way, when you're at the top of the pyramid, it's a long way down. <laughs> and it's, it's lonely. So. <laughs> uh, and, it's, and it's very point and it's very pointy. I don't know if right. I want to be the top, you know? Ow, that'll no, hurt. no, no, nobody wants to sit on a point. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, amazing. Um, super appreciate this. Oh, my gosh, Meg. And so that being said, um, I do welcome everybody else. You know, like, let's start practicing the power of cooperation. And, like, let's practice that with ourselves and our community. I just, like, that's all, like, you know, with this farmers thing going on in India, let's, let's all, like, kind of just tune in to cooperation more. I mean, we could mm-hmm. do so much for each other if we cooperate. Mm. And I think that's a beautiful, I like to kind of assign myself gut, gut check questions. Am I cooperating or am I competing? Is this mm. decision, is this choice coming from competing either with others or with myself? Mm. Or is it coming from a place of cooperation and compassion? Mm. Um, and I think that's a, that's a question we can all use as an, our own internal gut check. You know, what's the energy moving this decision forward? Does it feel right? Can I shift it? Or should I make a different decision? Um, so, well, Andy, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so grateful for your wisdom, for your heart, for everything that you do, and, and for your time. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Meg. Thanks for being awesome. I hope everybody has a good day. Breathe well, sleep well, meditate well. Get that, get that miracle, potential miracle energy. Let's channel that. Let's channel that. Everybody <laughs> get some laughter in. It's going to be good. We're going to be good. <laughs> Waggadoo, waggadoo, waggadoo. Yes, waggadoo. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope this episode serves you on your path of expansion. If you'd like to go deeper, check out my free guided meditation to connect you to the wisdom of your spirit guides. Head over to my website now, megsylvester.com, to grab your copy. And I'll see you in the cosmos.